when I look at the scriptures in preparation for preaching, um, it's like opening a lovely Christmas present. There they are, three of them. First one, when I looked at it, gave him lots of hope. It's a wonderful passage from Jeremiah. The image of the potter molding clay, and the illusion that we are the clay of God, the potter. Now, as we but yield to the divine artist, a myriad of thoughts and connections flood into our heads and our hearts. Images of sculptures just come to mind. I, I think of the wonderful sculptures I've been privileged to see in travel as I go to the Vatican or going up there to the Paris of the or galleries in London or the Uffizi in Florence. Wonderful, wonderful. And um, I also love the uh, carvings of our West Coast Indian peoples. They have a mystery and mysticism about them that opens the heart and speaks to the soul. I'm fascinated when I watch on television, because I've never seen it in person, these wonderful contents of sandcastles uh, with the detail in them that just blows my mind until, of course, the winds and tides of the Bay of Fundy knock them over. But we are often like sand that crumbles before the destructive tides of the human situation. The clay formed by the heart of God, however, endures if we yield ourselves to God's continual formation, we will not fail to test the faith in the unknown future. But, as I read on, I discovered this thing hanging out there. Luke 14, 26. My enthusiasm plummets. <laughs> Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. I've always felt that this scripture should not be read in public. <laughs> it's something that can be studied in a Bible study. But think what it says to first-time attenders who come to the church to take a look at it and meet this thing that seems like a gospel of hate. Think of the intimate violence prevention people who spill their very heart and blood in treating the abused and the abusers. Not about separation, it's about union. Think of those who suffer the wounds of hate and long for reconciliation. This passage on the surface of what it said is a colossal turnoff. Think of all the pseudo Christian cults that have taken this passage as a directive to separate people from their families and control them 
and public situation. Or think of the pain and separation of the residential schools. No, this will not do. But there it is, and we must deal with it. My teacher, Harvard, Christopher Stendhal, would say, how about that? What? We must look at what Boltman called the passage of situation in life. Zips and Leben talked about it. The life and time in which this is proclaimed often extremely different than ours. The cross of followed Jesus, you see, had created an emotional contagion about what he, he was saying. They were not informed. They were caught up in an initial emotivism and were headed for disillusionment when the tough reality of following Jesus hit them. The sand on which their commitment was built would crumble before the wave of existence. Jesus chose to shock them out of their reverie with a form of Jewish hyperbole often used by Jewish wisdom teachers. The commitment they were in for was a surrender to Pete for words. Do not cling to family prejudices and standard ideologies. Let them go and take up Christ's cross and its transformational message of deep, mindful compassion. I'm grateful to Russell Bradley for this fresh translation of Agape. It doesn't carry the same social and societal baggage that love carries as we fling it around in our society. Compassion embraces hate and transforms it. This is a road which we can call inter-being. Remember the greatest of all the commandments include the deep, mindful compassion for our neighbors as ourselves. Now this is not doing to others as we would have them do unto us. It's a radical statement of what we mean by inter-being. The neighbor is ourselves. This is a radical practice of deep, mindful compassion. It is not the alienation of hate, but it is about the most profound connection to all beings. Compassion necessarily draws us into union, not separation, which is the root of sin and its diabolical schemes. When you listen to Jesus' words, always know that the fundamental informing all that he says and does is deep, mindful compassion. Agape. You see, compassion is based on wakefulness to the reality of interbeing, connectedness, and the deep relationship with and to all things. Compassion grows out of a web of being in which every 
blindness, prayer of compassion, blocking understanding that keeps us from seeing the reality of union and grace in our lives. This blindness is a destructive pen trend in our public life that alienates us from our neighbors and creates division that wounds the body of God in this world. Yet, love and compassion are the heart of all things, are the transformational center of being. When forgotten, it sets up a contagion of brutality, such as the hate that is more and more prevalent in acts of random violence, convoys of, of hate and protest. I'm not against protest, you say that, but it's the way you do it and your approach to it. And it should be done with compassion, not a sense of alienation. Thank you. 